Welcome to the Yoga Therapy Hour. In this new season, I would just like to start with a little series that I'm calling The Best of Humanity, inspired by one of my favorite podcasts, The Hidden Brain with Shankar Vedant. He always goes out of his way to talk about someone who's made a difference in his life. So the best of humanity for me is not just how people are impacting me personally, although that is wonderful. It's about people that have really gone out of their way to make a difference in the world. And one of the people that really is precious to me in my life is a woman named Amy Weintraub. Some of you know her. She's into yoga and mental health. And she reminded me recently that she takes her job as a yoga teacher and a yoga therapist very seriously, and that she wants to show all of us that even during dark times, it's not an option to check out, that we have a responsibility to ourselves, our families, our students, our colleagues to hang in there during the rough times and keep trying the best we can, even though it may be imperfect, that it is this yoga family or community that can hold us and support us during our difficult times. But in turn, we also have a responsibility to that community to basically be the best version of ourselves we can be and try not to check out. So I just wanted to say thank you to Amy Weintraub for reminding me of that. Recently, this week, she gets the Best of Humanity Award. What we'd like you to do is to dial into this number, which is 909-754-4092 and leave a two to three minute, that's all, not longer, a two to three minute audio on the voicemail telling us about someone that you think should be featured in our Best of Humanity series. And then if you give me permission, I might put your voice on the podcast telling the story for the best of humanity. Or if you tell me on the voicemail that I don't want my voice on the podcast, Amy, why don't you just repeat this and you know you can tell the story. I'll be happy to do that too. You can call in at any time, day or night. This line is not one that rings. We, we check the messages on this line and we really look forward to having you contribute to the podcast in this way, lifting all of us up to show that really good things are happening in the world and that humanity has a chance and that we as yoga therapists are on the front lines with really wonderful things happening in our field individually and collectively. So join me and be part of the best of humanity. Again, that telephone line that you can call is 909-754-4092. And it's the same number on WhatsApp. If you'd like to try to contact us through WhatsApp, you could also leave a message there. Okay. Thanks for contributing. We look forward to this new best of humanity series. Today, I interview Satpreet Kaur. And Satpreet is someone that I just adore. She is willing to show up and be authentic and real. She's willing to share her personal experience 
of healing her own hypothyroidism, even though at times that's been very hard. It's hard for all of us to share the areas that maybe we haven't been perfect or the areas we're still working on or the fact that we do have foggy brain or constipation or lethargy and don't want to get out of bed in the morning. Those are hard to admit for anyone, but especially when we ourselves are a healthcare practitioner, it's really challenging to admit to our students, our colleagues, and our teachers the things we struggle with. And one of the things I really admire about Satpreet is her willingness to do that, to show up just as she is so that she can be of service to others and help others through this journey of hypothyroidism and show up in a kind, compassionate way. This idea that so many of us have in the wellness and yoga communities that if we aren't perfectly healthy at all times, we must be doing something wrong and we're unworthy of being listened to or having as a teacher, I just really don't want to buy into that. I don't think it's true. I love it when teachers are willing to share their vulnerability and the areas where they've needed extra support, the areas where they're compassionate with themselves, the times that they have needed empathy. I think that's what makes us all human. And so this interview with Satpreet to me is very precious I got emotional several times during it because Satpreet is doing the work. She's showing up and at the end of her life, she wants to know that she was of service to her students. And I think that's really all that any of us could hope for. So I introduce you to Satpreet Kaur, a wonderful human being and all the wisdom that she has to share about thyroid health and how a yogic lifestyle can get the prana flowing and therefore the entire human system starts to heal. It's not just about the thyroid, it's about all layers of the human system, which she goes into great detail. So welcome, Satpreet. Welcome to the Yoga Therapy Hour podcast. My name is Amy Wheeler, and I'm your host. We are so happy to tell you all that's happening in the world of yoga therapy. And we love to find guests from all over the world so that we can share and learn and grow together. Please nourish yourself, take time for yourself, and really relax into listening to the podcast. I am so pleased to share my dear friend and colleague, Satpreet Kaur from Austin, Texas. Welcome, Satpreet. Thank you, Amy. I'm really grateful to be sharing this platform with you. Thank you for this opportunity. Satpreet, I have known you for a few years now, and our topic today is yoga and yoga therapy for thyroid health which is such an interesting niche and so needed for so many women and probably men too. But can we start off and just talk about how you got interested in thyroid health? I'm thinking where to start from. It's a long journey. 
I was a person with varied interest and like I had a very strong physical yoga practice. But at the same time, it's true, I had hypothyroid and it's my yoga practice and the integrated tool of yoga therapy toolbox, which helped me heal through hypothyroid. So it was, it's been journey for 15 years. With my regular practice, I was able to taper off my medication and eventually my blood work improved. And in consultation with my doctor, I got weaned off medication. It was when I was looking for something more physical where I can show people how they feel better. And it took me two years when I was toying with the idea when my mentor suggested me. Though I got healed, but I was scared. You want to, it's difficult to talk about your disease and especially with a group of strangers. It had been a journey, but there was a fear inside of me. How will I talk about it? How will I say to other people? I had a practice for a year where I strengthened my courage to design this course and then it saw the dawn of the day. And I thought I'm setting myself up for failure. Even through the course, I read somewhere, safety is not the absence of threat, it's the presence of connection, the feedback and connection that I developed with many other people who had been suffering through this experience. In spite of being medication, their quality of life was not improving as the symptoms showed up on all layers of their being. Okay, so we have to unpack so much of what you just said. Number one, I think the the thing that most people are told is once you get on thyroid medication, you're always on thyroid medication and you are proof positive. And I've had many students also that when they do an appropriate lifestyle changes and yoga slash yoga therapy practice, their blood work changes and their doctors take them off or, or wean them off, I should say. I say Not yeah. that that's a promise, but I think that in and of itself is such a remarkable thing that people have a hard time believing that could happen. And I think it's connected to what you said last, which was changes on all layers of your system. So can you talk a little bit about the different layers of your human system that and how they shifted? Hypothyroid, though this, it's a pathology, the symptoms can show, like we can say, fatigue and lethargy on physical level, unable to concentrate or brain fog on a mental level, fertility issues, which can impact you socially and emotionally. Mm. How it impacts is very different, but the pathology is this, and the, you, by the Western medicine, you, you are taking the medication. So you expect the things to improve, but it doesn't improve on those levels. So the things that really worked for me on three levels, there are many tools in the integrated toolbox and in our tradition, KYP tradition, which I learned in optimal state, we learned to mesh those tools together in one practice. So it is the tools of Ahara, Vihara, and Dinacharya. Okay, so ahara is food, vihara is your lifestyle, dinacharya is a daily practice, or we say daily rituals. Right. So before we get into specifically what kind of changes did you make for yourself 
to see a shift. I do want to say that one time I saw TKV Deskachar in council with someone about their thyroid and they said, I don't want to be on this medication. I'm getting off. And he said very vehemently, do not get off your medication because that will throw your whole endocrine system off. He said, heal yourself first on lifestyle, food, daily routines. And then when those come into balance, your doctor may take your medication down. So I think that's number one. We want to just be really sure that we're not telling people you can just get off your medication. It's no problem. That could have so many effects that you don't want to see. But you did exactly what Deskachar said. You changed your food, your lifestyle, your daily routines. What were some of the things that you did and how long did it take for you to see a change? Thyroid, when it's when you have hypothyroid, your hormones are sluggish. So I will not say I've made baby steps. I tiptoed towards the process of healing. I was not expecting it. I'll be, I'll be honest. I didn't have the complete faith like anybody. What will this change? How will this change? It was the practice. I had a, a physical practice, but when we integrated the chanting of the mantras into the asana movement. Now for the benefit of our listeners, mantras are string of words which can hold a value or faith for the person who's chanting. It need not be in Sanskrit. In fact, it's preferred to be in the language that you understand and speak. Now the sound is the essence of creation. And human mind, the mantras that we repeat has meaning for the human mind. And the repetition of the mantras in the asana practice, the asanas create the distraction the mind has. And the chanting subtly changes the direction of samskaras without actually disturbing your behavioral patterns. So the shift happens through the powerful tool of repetition into your daily lifestyle. And when we talk about ahara, yoga therapists are not nutritionists. They don't tell you what to eat, but they advise you what foods strengthen your fire of digestion. Agni, that's the seat of metabolism. And lifestyle is when you sync your lifestyles according to circadian rhythms and the harmony of the seasons, things start to flow for you. It is so interesting what you just said, because I think people worry that we're going to get out of scope of practice and start to be a pretend nutritionist or something like that. But what you're saying is that yoga and Ayurveda are a whole and complete system in and of themselves that predated Western nutrition, which might be 50 years old or something like this is thousands of years old to say, get up with the sun, eat your meals at the same time every day, fill your stomach 50% of the way full when you eat. Like those are thousands of years old and they don't have anything to do with you should get on keto diet or something. It's, uh, it's apples and oranges, don't you think? Yes, absolutely. Some of the research that has been done recently, it's not directly on hypothyroid, but it's been 
proving the importance of following those daily routines, getting up with the sun and going out in the sun. It not only improves your energy levels, however, improves your sleep cycle. Well, how you start your day decides how will you end your day. Energetically, with the good sleep, and it connects to your hypothyroid. It's so beautiful to see Western science catching up to the ancient teachings, right? That we've always known we should get up with the sun and move. And now I just saw a research study that the rays of light and how they hit our eyes in the morning hours when the sun is still low in the sky create certain types of of light into your eye that helps with depression, right? And as soon as the sun goes overhead at, at noon, we don't receive those type of rays into our eyes. So I just love, and of course, depression is sometimes connected to hypothyroidism. So it's beautiful to see Western science figuring out what the ancient sages knew. It is very, very interesting. And I hope more research and quality research comes out so that people can adopt these lifestyles, which is zero cost to consumer. Right. And have a profound impact on their uh, quality of life, happiness. But what would you say? I mean, I I can imagine a woman coming to you with hypothyroidism and you start to set her up with daily routines or Dinacharya and you say, I'd like you to get up with the sun and I'd like you to go for a walk outside to let those rays of light come into the eyes. Mm -hmm. I can see someone saying, I, I know my family would say, well, what does that have to do with my thyroid? So much relate to it because for me, hypothyroid is lived experience. Mm. Because it shows the lethargy, the fatigue shows up so much that sometimes it's really hard to get yourself out and out of the bed. It's not that you want to. You want to, but the body doesn't cooperate with you. Mm. What I did with myself as I am just not saying baby steps, I tell them to tiptoe towards it. It could be before many days before you actually feel like going up, just lighting that candle. And we have this tool of visualization. Mm. And we have many tools of chanting, visualization, meditating. Sometimes people, when my clients are telling me the first thing they want to get up is have coffee. I said, what about you sit in sun and have coffee? Right. Those subtle changes, they have a real profound impact on the long run repeating that practice over a period of time because hypothyroid it's your endocrine system but thyroid permeates in each and every cell of your body right it's really hard the the, it it is difficult i love what you're saying though about tiptoeing i mean if someone truly can't get out of bed with the sun i mean for a lot of people that is just not happening but they could lie in bed and imagine the sun or chant hram hrum hrim hram hram ha like there's things they can do while lying in bed to as you say tiptoe and then maybe six months down the road they're up walking in the morning with their dog yes that that is how the process of change begins we just sow the seed first nurture it 
and over a period you know it's coming out of even a sapling takes a long time mm. yeah absolutely so you said that when you first started you didn't even realize that anything was happening or or that this would somehow affect your thyroid to get on these daily routines and ahara and vihara what happened was there one day that you woke up and you're like oh my gosh this actually had an effect on my thyroid or how did you figure it out i didn't figure it out i kept doing healing is not a linear process i will be dishonest if i say that i did my routines every day and i did complete practice what helped me see making the progress was this self reflect swadhyaya and journaling i did little things every day i was having my medication regularly in fact my medication initially increased over a, in fact pretty fast over a period of a year and then we i started with these practices which were given to me by my mentors and i journal them to see if i am doing those baby steps it was not a complete one hour practice even 10 it started with 5 minutes 15 minutes and when my blood work started improving i reflected what is it that i have changed what is it that working weight started shifting i had been exercising but my weight was resistant to change and the metabolism started improving that's when i was like it is working my mood i thought what i'm doing is right i need to increase more of it so it's so not like a pill it, it's no, not it's not like a pill and it's not one day shift that you shift from the uh, one side dark side to the lighter you still do what you do and just those tiptoeing towards new lifestyle and over a period when you experience the balance in your own mind body system your body will crave more for it i love to say that yoga therapy is like holistic lifestyle engineering right yes. that's a fancy totally. term get a, it's a fancy term for getting your daily schedule and your habits and your rituals as you say in order and not only does your thyroid improve but what else improves i mean it's it's not linear so did anything else in your life improve along with your uh, thyroid yes lot of things in fact i had two small kids my energy levels were up and i could learn new things and hold not get frustrated that i've been forgetful mm. i experienced nearly chronic constipation all my life and my i don't have constipation at all and i when i have i know where i have gone laxed in my routine So soggy brain constipation cold intolerance i had a very uh, um, you know sensitive to cold changes in temperature which improved for me and overthinking overthinking yeah there's more clarity in my life i will not say i do my life is rosy and everything's working perfect i still life throws its challenges towards me but i feel more prepared to handle them and it didn't happen overnight i want to stress it again to uh, for the benefit of the listeners it was just those baby small changes timing changes what you said the yoga therapy engineering that happened 
over a period of 15 years. Right. And so if someone were to work with you, I know you have this, this course coming up, which we'll, we'll highlight at the end of the show, but say that someone worked with you, could they get a lot of the basics of lifestyle engineering through your six week course, and then maybe do some, a few privates with you? Or how, how do you prefer to work with people? Because I mean, they might need to be with you for a couple of years to re-engineer their lifestyle. Yes, it takes a while. And then for my course, before I start the course, they have a private session with me where I would like to understand how thyroid, hypothyroid is showing up in their life and what, how is it affecting the quality of life. Mm. And based on the symptoms that you're showing up, I make a cohort where the customized course is designed for this cohort working on those symptoms and over a period of six weeks along we'll uh, learn the integrated toolbox of yoga where they have tool in their back pockets to be used to change their life and they can continue to work with me it just it's just a taste i tell them at the beginning of the course it's not going to make a big difference but they will see a shift happening they continue the importance of Sangha, where we all of us have similar symptoms, working to same goals. So they can, uh, with the Ahara, Vihara, Dinacharya, where you have pranayama, meditation, asana practice, and they are weaved in to this one class. We slowly and gradually built on the course, and then they have this with them for lifetime, and they can continue if they choose to work on their journey, I'll be happy to support them. Do you think that community or Sangha, as you're calling it, do you think that's an important tool in and of itself to be with other people who also have been struggling with weight gain and foggy brain and all the constipation and the things that you've listed? Do you think that being with other people who are frustrated that they've tried everything and nothing's working, do you think that's important? Yes, it is very important because I never felt safe to talk about the way I feel. I was, in fact, I've been a very insecure person as growing up. The confidence that you see that I'm talking on this platform is built over a period of time and after falling many times. Yeah. So I cannot stress the importance of community and when you see that other people are experiencing similar symptoms. In fact, most of the time you are always, you have the inhibition at the back of the mind to talk about those symptoms because you're sometimes not even sure if it's because of hypothyroid. Right. That it is because you're thinking you're having a medication and it is the thyroid is located right at the throat. What has it to do that I'm not able to conceive? Nobody talks to us about the different layers of physical, mental, emotional personality that it can show up. You are just being told that you have one pill and that's fine and you have to have this pill all your life. And you're like, okay, I'm having this pill. Then why is it my medication increasing? I'm very regular with my medication. In fact, it's been, it's been five, six years, sometimes eight years when the medication keeps, the dosage keeps going up then you're like, it is not helping me. Mm. So what I, I think I hear you saying is that 
we also need to address the mental, emotional, spiritual components of our lifestyle because maybe indirectly, but that too has an impact on how different parts of our body function, including the thyroid. In a medical field, we just think it's a part of endocrine system. That's where it is. However, I would tell listeners that we need to consider body as a whole system and take a holistic approach when you're looking at thyroid. Yes, thyroid hormones are produced by the endocrine system, but they permeate to every cell and each organ is made of those cells. And, and it's connected to our digestive system, as you said, our Agni. Agni. You know, in yoga therapy, we don't bring it down to, oh, it's this thing happening in your throat. It's all systems, all layers of your human experience that contribute to this. And I think there's also kind of going back to the Sangha piece or the community building. Sometimes when we're not well, there's like a shame that, and we don't want to let people know that we're unwell, especially if we're healthcare practitioners ourselves. So being able to admit to people that you have this health issue that you're not able to figure out. I think just that surrender to a group of loving individuals and a a guide like you, I think that's the first step to say, I've tried to figure this out on my own. I guess I need some support. What, what do you think of, of mentorship with you? How, how does that help people? Cause I think that's also a tool in and of itself. In fact, that helped me. I have, I've been working with my mentor for a long time over a period of two, three years. Mm-hmm. It, mentors are important because we are used to seeing life in a certain way. Once we surrender and we have faith, it develops over a period of time. Mostly happens in the case of hypothyroid, I've experienced it myself, is you get stuck. You think you are doing everything right. What your doctor has told you, why the things are not improving. Not improving is one case. It's, it's Sometimes there's deterioration in your quality of life. And that's when the mentor can help you see a different perspective. Exactly. Right. That there are ways of being in the world that we think we have figured out. And then we have someone with a whole different perspective come in and and make us question it and rearrange it and rethink it and let go of old thought patterns that no longer serve us. But we can't really do that all by ourselves. Can we? No, we cannot do it ourselves which is true. We cannot do it ourselves because we are so hardened in our behavioral pattern of showing up in the world, looking at things. But even when the things are in front of you, it's very difficult to see that perspective. Mm. And to have a person who's been through that experience or has experience working through can show you a different perspective. And with And these yoga therapy plans are customized. Your mentor will customize, assess you and customize as for what you can do in your daily routine. You start working under your mentor, those small changes, really tiny changes. 
And this, there's a powerful tool of repetition in daily practice. I That's love what you're saying. Start my yeah, and it is really hard. It is really, really hard. It might sound uh, really fancy, but it is not easy when you put them into your lives. Because you are, especially uh, um, hypothyroid shows in women five to 10 times more in men. And women, uh, they give themselves the least priority because they are caretakers, they are bread earners, they have, they're wearing so many hats that even taking, I have people who have find it difficult to take out five minutes for themselves. Well, and I think this is one thing I love about yoga therapy because I've gone to Western allopathic medicine doctors, I've gone to Ayurvedic doctors and come home with a list of literally 10 to 15 things I need to change after one session. And then I can't do all of that because it's too much. And then I feel like I fail and then I give up. And I think you're saying that this, these tiny little steps, what we call trauma or titration is, is the way forward. Like try two changes, implement them, be successful, then try another change, implement it, be successful. And that's why it takes a little longer, but it's also why people can adhere to it and why they can continue it long-term. Yes. And then in yoga therapy, there are many tools and if it's not working for, for you, you can come back to mentor and the mentor in negotiation with you, they can change it. They can change it, alter it in a titrated way. It has worked well for you. You can go to the next step, the karma approach, the step approach that is very, very specific to yoga therapy. And it's not a cookie cutter. Everybody starts on level three. Right. It's not. And even the level one, because everybody is hypothyroid, but the way it's affecting your quality of life is very, very specific to you. Absolutely. I love this. So let's go back to something you said a while ago, because I think it relates to hypothyroidism. You said that it took you one year to build the confidence to create this course. So talk to us about that process of realizing, hey, I've really understood this inside of myself from an experiential place. I've successfully healed myself. I think I might have something that can help other people. And yet I'm scared and I don't know if I have the confidence to share this with people. If you always want to share good things about yourself that gives you the confidence in a public forum, or especially to strangers. And it is really fearful to talk about that, what you experienced and talk about your, especially it has a social and emotional of your fertility issues that I tried conceiving for three years and I couldn't because of my hypothyroid. And some, you're scared what the counter questions would be. In, in Indian society, it's a socially uh, uh, very difficult to, uh, accept and talk about it openly. And I didn't, I'll be, so making a course, I was really, really fearful because all these questions by my practitioners who are coming to this course will be thrown at me. How will I have the courage to talk about that? You know, I was constipated and bloated for one, the times I was traveling for one week 
seven days. I had the practice from my, I went to my mentor and I said, yes, I am building onto it, but still I haven't, I toyed with the idea for two years, not one year, two year. I kept looking at all other aspects, different niche that I can develop, which are more tangible, like having, you know, for a shoulder, you can tell somebody the shoulder has improved. Now you have the range of motions, you're moving, but this is more tangible. What makes yoga therapy very unique? It works on all layers of human system, physical, mental, emotional, personality. At the same time, it makes it, what makes it unique makes it more difficult when you go out in the market to sell or to talk to people. There are no tangible outcomes. Yeah, you're saying... I'm going to teach you how to have proper daily routines. That's not always like the biggest marketing, <laughs> you know, thing. It's, it's challenging. It is challenging and it's a very draining. It's draining mm-hmm. for the person who is being through the process and talk about it. So it took me two years with my practice to build onto the courage and the faith. I am still fearful. And at times, but the quotient of fear has reduced over time. And I am moving the same baby steps in this course, but the feedback that I received filled my cup. And the clients who showed up talked to other people about it, how these small changes have over a period of six weeks, those 12 classes, they could see things shifting. And so in the end, what do you tell people the tangible outcomes are? It's such a hard question, but what are some of the things I remember Jessica Char would say, we don't know what will happen, but something good will happen. Meaning every human system is so unique. We don't know the pace at which you might heal. We don't know exactly which parts of you will heal first or second or third but we know we will hopefully take you in the right direction and that within a period of time, you'll feel better. That's so vague, but do you have tangible things you can tell people that they might be able to expect? I tell them that by the end of this course, you will be empowered enough. It's not that I, you will need me all the time. You will be empowered enough to have a positive relationship with yourself. And once you have a positive relationship with yourself, their relationship with others in the world improves. And what does have a positive relationship with yourself mean to you? It means to know about the foods uh, that nourish your body and works well with your condition. It may serve somebody else, but for you, are, it's, is it nourishing enough? And the lifestyles that you have, does it help you have better energy levels and good quality of sleep? Do you have an energy that can sustain you throughout the day? Be available for your loved ones around. I have better energy levels what I have now compared to when I was in my 20s. Right. Sustainable sustainable and life's dinacharya daily rituals and kriyas what kriyas to perform that are in sync with your biological clock body is ever changing right so are you continuing the same patterns that you had in your 20s 30s and 40s 
or is it requires a shift and we are part of nature and when our rhythms are in harmony with the seasons the food we eating gives us nourishment better energy and when the energy levels the flow energy levels are good from top to bottom mind to body and body to mind is in harmony we know in yoga therapy the prana flows life force yes life force sometimes you amaze yourself that you know how other things in your mind body system contain vessel has improved all these uh, tools in greater detail in the course the pranayamas what pranayamas can support you the potent tool of sound that's very undermined which is not talked about in the western perspective mm-hmm. chanting mantra pranayama and how do you weave your mantra chanting into your pranayama if you are 15 minutes you can do that and how do you weave more than two one tools into one practice asana practice it is very very i think specific to the kyn tradition i learned it in optimal state itself i had been doing asana practice but i didn't know i have these tools as separate not integrated into one practice like chanting on exhale as you go into utanasana tanasana yeah it's such a beautiful um set of tools that krishnamacharya and deskachar developed and it is very unique including that women get to do it right they were some of the yes. first ones to say women can benefit from this yeah because the movement creates some degree of distraction that mind is always seeking and the mantras help to turn the mind toward in the inward journey without fighting with your behavioral patterns yeah changing the habitual patterns or some scars on some all layers of the system simultaneously yeah. simultaneously and what we say in kyn tradition is when all the arrows are pointing in the same direction and you're digging making small digs at the same place one day you'll have your well yep digging one well deeply deeply oh sapri you have i i think you already knew all of this information but as we were talking at the beginning it seems like learning yoga therapy gave you a theoretical framework to put your life experiences into and understand it for yourself before you you knew all these things you're of indian descent you had a mother and grandmother that that taught you a lot of this but maybe going through a formal training kind of slotted things into a very systematic theoretical foundation do you think that's a correct way to say it or would how would you say it i usually say you know i have all the pieces through my lived experience my indian descent i'm with a strong faith i have a very strong spiritual and faith pra- practice but it didn't improve the quality of my life mm-hmm. i was most times spiritual bypassing what we say but i had the pieces with me lived experience and yoga therapy put all those pieces of the jigsaw puzzle together mm-hmm. now the picture is getting complete now it is making sense that my daily rituals 
am I doing it with harmony with nature or how the, the breath practice, the meditation practice, how do you integrate them? So what was the purpose of what I was doing and how that purpose changes with time and how do you modify, adopt or leave certain practices? So I was very attached to what I'm doing, but all they were separate. So it's like the, the real sense of surrender I learned in yoga therapy. Mm. Why will I do what I'm doing? And why, why should I let go? And it's funny that I get my creative ideas only when I'm sitting on toilet seat. And I tell to myself, I'm letting go of something and the new thing is flowing inside me. Oh, like, that. Mine is in the shower. I'm rinsing off the old and the new is coming yeah. in, but I love that. And, and it's true. We have to create space in the container before the new idea can, or perception can come in, right? And yoga therapy is a wonderful tool where we are letting go in a titrated way. So that our, what in Western science, we said the nervous system is not too overwhelmed and where it comes to a place where it cannot handle it. And your mentor helps you to shift those, get the subtle changes in a way where you can have strength of digestion, not only of food, but emotional digestion, your life experiences. Yeah. And that's when you create more space for prana to flow, the life force energy. Which is the key to all of this. I mean, I think if we, had to boil down why the dinacharya and the ahara and the vihara actually work to create better thyroid health. Don't you think it boils down to prana flows better throughout the whole system, every cell? Yes, it does. It does. In yoga therapy, when we say, when we create space, we create conditions in the body to thrive. Human system has an innate knowledge to heal itself. We are able to listen what our body is asking us to do. And when we do those things, the mind and body heals. And when the mind and the body heals, the gifts that we are given by the universe, they shine. Sometimes people have more creativity comes to them. They are able to pull through the projects. The overthinking stops. And I think that's when we say that yoga therapy is about wellness. It's about eudaimonia. It's about yes. salutogenesis. That's what we mean. It's not that we're just fixing somebody's thyroid. We That's not how we're looking at it. Mm. We're looking at the whole system and how to bring more joy and creativity and life force. And that happens to oftentimes help someone's thyroid. Interestingly. Yeah. I just speak from my own lived experience and it's coming straight from my heart because I've been through all this. I've been through all disappointments, not being able to do things around. Yeah. Yoga therapy is really, really powerful in those aspects. Just briefly, what do you do when you hit disappointments or have self-doubt or like how, how do you work yourself through that? In earlier stages, the self-doubt and um, 
have uh, i grew up with little trauma and it used to put me uh, into depression no it was very hard to pull myself out but what helped me our very strong spiritual practice which kept my faith and the tools have been multifaceted that i usually sometimes go out for walk spend my time in nature nature works beautifully for me nature therapy and going to my church chanting singing hymns mm. and doing selfless seva what we say the karma which has no attachment to it yeah help me to come out of the place of self doubt i don't say i will not say i do not have self doubt it still happens but with the practices and regular practice over a period of time i am not in that dark space for long and now i can identify myself when i go on those dark spaces yeah. so the the gap between those self doubt stage and confidence stage has been reducing over a period of time it's not that it's gone we we go through many emotions feelings and you know oh i am at this stage it's one it is one of those you're able to differentiate yourself from your sensations feeling and emotion yeah what we say in yoga therapy is you learn to inculcate pratipaksh bhavana the opposites balance is not that you have only one state you are aware of both the states and your own will you can switch between these states based on the demand of the circumstances if a tiger is in front of you you got to run you need to have your cortisol high but if that's where you want stuck that's where the prana energy gets stuck yeah it's a ebb and flow and you at your own will can switch between the two i love that you know getting wise counsel based on yoga sutra or bhagavad gita or hatha yoga pradipika i love that that is part of what you're doing as a yoga therapist is helping people understand not only from a western perspective is the nervous system designed to ebb and flow but all the ancient yoga texts say that too in in a slightly different way yoga it points in a direction every day even guru granth sahib says to pause and reflect mm. this was written so many years back what does it mean to me now 90% of our life we're living unconsciously Yeah. and these texts they help you make the unconscious conscious and what we do in optimal state and when you act from the place of balanced mind the sattva mind you'll have more clarity of the actions that you're taking and they will serve you for your higher purpose and these yoga philosophy and texts they are the living experiences which validates for you right that they have been there for so many 5000 years it has worked when there's a proof given and validation given 
it just gives you that ray of hope that faith that it has been time tested why will it not work for you it wouldn't have stayed around for 5000 years if it hadn't been working it would have been lost and forgotten yes we had different lifestyles we had lived in different houses different means of transport but the emotions in the human system of loss fear the sensations of pain having not having your loved ones around not being feel loved abandoned those feelings and sensations were similar yeah yeah and when you are in pain what you go through physically mentally emotionally it's the same Absolutely. So Sampri, we are coming to the end. I love to ask this question of people and you may have already answered it, but what is it that you want to know or feel at the end of your life when you realize that this lifetime is coming to a close? What is it that you want to have experienced inside of yourself or maybe share? I want to dance to my grave, <laughs> go dancing to my grave. Um, having said that, I want to have an experience where I have made, lived my dharma of serving other people with kindness. Mm. It took me a long time for it to reveal it to me that this is what I was made for. Mm. When. and with my last breath if i can be just kind to people and serve them selflessly for being able to do that i need to have my own practice regular practice where i need to regularly pause and reflect it is very very swadhyay and this is what guru granth sahib every time it has a rahao after every hymn there's a rahao is pause mm-hmm. that pauses even we learn that in yoga therapies it's not the mantras it's the pause and it can be towards your own higher power faith i like to think of it as that silent period is when the reverberations of the vibration that you've just thought or chanted or acted those vibrations then go out to the universe what yes. do you think be- very beautifully put i think i it could not be said better and i want to be there independent i said dance to my i love dancing that's one of my hobbies learning various dance forms i think it's very good for mind body connection and as we age and be there with my family Mm. or have them in my thoughts right yeah there's no fear of death in me when it has to happen it'll happen and it is over a period of time i think i've lived till now i've lived i live learned to live in present i've enjoyed every starting to enjoy i'm not saying enjoy start beginning to enjoy and embrace all colors and flavors of life mm and i savor it i take a pause often to savor them yeah so when that ha- it happens when it's a time to leave mother earth i should be there been there done that <laughs> oh it has been such a pleasure 
to talk to you. My heart is just exploding right now, having known you for many years and seeing you happy just makes me emotional. I'm really glad to be in connection with you, Satpreet. I'm really grateful for my teachers and mentors of Optimal State mm -hmm. and helping me bringing all these pieces, all life experiences into one big picture where every piece holds so much meaning and value for me. And I feel blessed and proud. I wear it like an armor, all the positive and not so and difficult experiences of life. And I own them now. Yeah. Earlier, I want to run away from them. Yeah. So it makes a lot of change. It's a lifestyle. Yoga is a lifestyle. It's only when you are able to take your yoga off the mat. Yep. When you say yoga is relationship. These are your words to us. Yoga is relationship with yourself, with the world, with the people around you, the people that you care, your loved ones. You know, that's what Deskachar said it boils down to. Exactly that. Yoga is relationship with yourself, your loved ones, Mother Earth. Full stop. So Satpreet, where can we find you and information about this amazing course that you are starting to share? I know on Facebook, I'm pulling it up on the screen for those people watching on YouTube. It's Preet Yoga, P-R-E-E-T yoga. And I think the same on Instagram, you're very active on Instagram, Preet Yoga. And where else can we find information about this course and how often do you run it? I know it's a six week course, but do you do that multiple times a year? I will be running it regularly and they can find more information on yogaalliance.org under my complete name, Satpreet Kaur. I will be up every time a new course starts i upload the flyer on that website and it has my email address they can get in touch with me if they have any questions they can set up a private session with me would like to know more about the course and see if the they are ready for it mm. at that time in their life it's yeah i mean as we say, enthusiasm does not mean you're ready. <laughs> you yes. have to be ready to invest in yourself. Yes. When they're ready for their own healing journey to start, we are in it together. I can guide them, coach them, be with them, be a cheerleader to them, push them on that road. Sometimes you be behind them, beside them, but tiny steps are theirs. Right. So it's all about empowering them. Mm. Whether I'm there or not, they still have those tools in their back pocket and they will know, oh, I need to use this now. Today I'm feeling little, not, not feeling in my mind what I need to do, what my body is changing. The season is changing. How can I support myself with nourishment, with the environment, with my daily practices, what other activities I need to do? So as a I, yoga therapist, we empower them. We don't want them to keep coming back to us forever. I always say that feeling good is a full-time job. <laughs> yes. But it, it's something that 
gives you benefit. It's not that you don't also get to do all of your other work and be with your family. That's not what I'm saying, but I'm saying like, it's these little moments throughout the whole day that you're shifting your perception or giving yourself a cup of warm water or lying down for five minutes or doing three minutes of pranayama. It's, it's just all these little things throughout the day. And then when, even when you're not feeling good, it's okay. You know that it's going to last long and what can I do? If it's, if you, if you're not feeling good for very long, you know what you need to shift. Yeah. Because lightness is, light is appreciated because of the darkness. If we've always lived in light, we wouldn't appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. So darkness is part, is a shadow of light, but then how you can switch between the two. That is important. And not thinking that darkness is the, your life and it has to be like that forever. No. And the shade of light and dark, you'll decide what serves you. We could talk for hours. I feel like everything that comes out of your mouth is a beautiful gem that could be meditated on for weeks or months. So thank you for being with us today. Thank you so much, Amy. Thank you for having me. It has been a wonderful experience talking to you. It's like I'm telling my teacher what I've learned from my teacher. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. There is one question that I always look forward to asking our guests, and that is, what do you want to know at the end of your life? And the reason that's important to me is because I think when we get clarity about that, that is kind of the foundation of what we need to do to live life. And I think until we can examine that question of how do I want to feel in those final breaths, what are the sensations we want to experience if possible? What is the mindset that we want to have? Sapreet wants to be dancing in the end, mentally, emotionally, physically, and metaphorically. That informs her life. That informs the joy that she wants to feel each and every moment, or even embracing the suffering in certain moments, as she said. But she wants to be in those moments, being of service with kindness. So that is remarkable to me to think about if her goal is to be of service with kindness, what does that mean about her decision for this afternoon about what she says yes to or no to? What does that mean for what she decides to do as her main priority next month? It's really a tangible thing. It's not out there in the ether. I want to feel blissed out in my final breath. It's really, what do I need to do here and now today to give me the best chance to feel that way and have no regrets at the end? I've been dealing with a lot of suffering in our family due to people having illnesses and it's given me a real opportunity to think about not only my family and their imminent passings, but also what do I need to do as a 52-year-old woman to feel good at the end? And so as I'm contemplating this, I can feel some really big changes 
happening in the next year of my life due to the fact that I'm contemplating my death. So maybe that's where we can end today. You could think about that question for yourself. How do you want to feel? What sensations do you want to have? What thoughts do you want to have? What do you want to experience in those final moments? And then maybe ponder how that can inform your life today, right here, right now. Thanks for listening. Please don't forget to sign up for our newsletter mailing list, where we give you a free gift every single week. It's usually something that the guest has been talking about, like a book chapter or an article or an infographic. Check out the show notes for that. Thank you for listening today. Don't forget, we have a new YouTube channel called Optimal State with Amy Wheeler. We also have a new Patreon page where you can support us to bring you the most excellent content, and that is Optimal State and the Yoga Therapy Hour Patreon page. Also, you could write us a review on most major platforms that host podcasts. Give us five stars if you appreciate the show and tell us what you love so that we can do more of that. Finally, we support several nonprofit organizations through this podcast. See the show notes to understand how you can help. If you'd like to be a guest or a sponsor for this program, contact us at the email welcome at theoptimalstate.com. Welcome at theoptimalstate.com. And finally, a special thank you to our team here at Optimal State. We are truly a global family. George Mantuan, one of our executive producers. Adam Satchel, senior media producer and sound engineer from the Philippines. Krishna Panchal, a producer from Canada. Modupe Abdullahi, who does the show notes and is an editor for us from Nigeria. And Peter Morley, who wrote and produced the music for this show, who lives in Australia. Find more about Peter's work at www.zenmusic.biz. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.